Cindy Cantrell, and this is Compassionate Journeys, conversations about home care and hospice presented by Home Health Foundation. So it seems safe to say the COVID-19 vaccine distribution has been met with both great excitement and some weariness, which is why we're here today. I'm joined by Dr. Bernice Burkharth, Chief Medical Officer at Home Health Foundation, who's going to set us straight. Dr. Burkharth, thanks so much for being here and sharing your expertise. My pleasure. There is a lot of great excitement about the vaccines, and there is also a lot of great trepidation about the vaccines. So I'm very excited that you're here to kind of give us um, the real real information, what we really need to know. Um, I've compiled a lot of questions um, that have been submitted to us, both by employees and also just in general that I've researched. And um, thank you for providing your expertise. It's my pleasure. So I understand that the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines are mRNA vaccines. And how does that work, please? Okay, so mRNA is, is messenger RNA. And basically, it's um, a set of instructions. It goes into the cell, and it teaches the cell, uh, or tells the cell, hey, follow these instructions, and make this piece of a protein, a similar protein, like the COVID-19 infection, or SARS-CoV-2 virus right, has this distinctive protein that allows it to get into the cell. So we teach our cells with the messenger RNA, with the instructions to go ahead and make that, a portion of that spike protein so that our bodies see, our cells see that this protein is there and they, they understand that it's not, it's foreign to them. They don't, where did you come from, spike protein? Mm -hmm. uh, and so they develop, as they should, an immune response to that spike protein. Um, and what's nice about the mRNA is that when it's done, uh, it degrades. It's supposed to be within hours to days that the, once it's done its job, it degrades and, um, and the, it, um, the protein itself remains to allow for that buildup to happen. And it also goes away. And, and then when your body is faced with the SARS CoV-2 virus, which is the mediator of right, um, COVID-19, mm. it says, oh, I know you. You're a stranger to us. Mm. We've developed a response to you before. Here it is now. And so the body can fight against the uh, in, in, impending, I guess, uh, infection as it comes to. Okay. So I know some people don't have a choice of vaccine um, and some organizations are getting one or the other, but is one better than the other or what is the difference between the two and so when we're talking about the two vaccines we're talking about the pfizer vaccine yes. right and the moderna vaccine yes. and uh they're both very very similar they're both messenger rna mediated vaccines right with the description that i just gave mm. uh and um they have essentially the same efficacy and safety profiles both the pfizer and the moderna um, which is about 95% or 94.5% mm. right efficacy. Um, neither of them had reported serious adverse reactions. Uh, and the main difference between them is the time between doses. Okay. So that the Pfizer vaccine uh, is the one that um, you get 21 days apart. And the Moderna vaccine is the one that you get 28 days apart. There are some differences in handling um, and 
I guess that would be important for people to understand in terms of how the vaccine is processed through the system. Mm. Uh, the Pfizer vaccine has a cold uh, component that's required with, I don't know if you've in the news with the special freezers that they yes. needed for the Pfizer vaccine because of the cold that's required uh, to maintain that vaccine. The Moderna doesn't have the same cold requirements that the Pfizer does, although it does require um, refrigeration, obviously, um, before transport to be able to provide and administer. Okay. Uh, but the main difference is the differences between the times you get the first and the second vaccination shots for the vaccines. Okay. So a very popular question, can an individual get COVID-19 from a vaccine? No. Okay. Uh, I just, uh, no. Um, and uh, you, you can't develop the infection from the vaccine. You can't get the virus from the vaccine. Um, you, you won't get a false positive okay. um, result on a COVID test from the vaccine that's looking at either PCR or antigen testing, mm. right? The, those are the tests for active infection. So those will not come up positive after you've received a vaccine solely by virtue of having had the vaccine. If it's positive, it's because you likely have an infection with COVID-19. Uh, there's no, the messenger RNA does not enter into the DNA, the nucleus of our cells. Um, and there's no, vac uh, no vaccine, there's no virus in these vaccines. There's no okay. piece of the virus, no virus. Okay. <laughs> That's comforting. Yes. Um, I know that every state has its own plan regarding the distribution and who was eligible at what time, and that is very complex and very specific. But in general, hmm. who do you recommend should receive the vaccine? Anyone who is eligible mm -hmm. to receive the vaccine should receive the vaccine. Okay. Um, they uh, don't have final answers on the the pediatric population that wasn't studied. Sure. Right. Um, but uh, anyone who is uh, 18 and over for certain and um, should receive the vaccine. Uh, and then that age group that uh, was in question, the 16 to and 17 year olds uh, should uh, speak to their pediatrician, see if they are eligible and can receive the vaccine. So anyone who's eligible okay. should be receiving this vaccine. Okay. And what about pregnant women or women who are planning or hoping to become pregnant? So interestingly, uh, the recommendation now is yes, uh, they should reach, they should go ahead and obtain the vaccine after discussion with their uh, OB, their okay. obstetrician. Um, the pregnancy, pregnant women weren't tested or included as part of the um, studies for the vaccines, which is standard. Okay. Uh, when you're first processing through, um, those that population is not necessarily included in the standard uh, trials for vaccines. However, there were people who became pregnant <laughs> before the first okay. and second shots of the vaccine, and so it's a very small and uh, small number uh, of individuals. Um, however, uh, the feeling is, and why the recommendation is yes, is that there is a risk for severe COVID infection in pregnant, right, in pregnant women. Um, and, and if you have severe COVID, mm. um, the risks of that outweigh um, the benefits that you will have from the protection of the vaccine. I see. Okay. Um, is there reason to believe that the vaccine affects the safety of breast milk? No. Okay. In fact, uh, they've said you can go on and breastfeed, continue to breastfeed. You don't oh. need to stop uh, okay. because of that.
So I think there's a perception that these vaccines were developed extremely quickly and then they were approved, you know, by emergency order. Right. And so there perhaps is a bit of skepticism or a bit of wariness, like, are they really safe? Mm -hmm. And for some people, it's a wait and see. I'm going to wait and see what happens to this first round of people, mm -hmm. because I think now, as I looked at the Washington Post statistics, it, it seemed about 1.5% of the population has been vaccinated sure. to date, which is, is still very small. But yet, obviously, we're trying to, the country's trying to roll it out very quickly. Perfectly understandable concerns. Certainly, um, I uh, actually posted myself about how I was one of those people. Yes. Um, you know, at the outset of this back in March or April, when that was even a, a thought, oh, maybe this will happen, a vaccine. I was thinking at that time, well, I'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, a lot of um, information has come out about the development of the mRNA, for instance, as a vehicle uh, for vaccine uh, development. And uh, those actually, that technique has been studied um, and uh, prepared for quite some time, uh, at least a decade, mm. uh, and had been utilized or attempted to be utilized for other vaccines. and. I think one of them, the vaccine was prepared, but not needed by the, not needed by the time uh, that it was ready to go. So one thing is uh, this technique, which is the, the new technique that everybody's so excited about, is not necessarily new. I see. Right. Um, the other thing is when they talk about, wow, this was expedited, a lot of the, uh, the, the safety measures were not expedited. Um, and there were still uh, the phases of trials uh, that they went through to get the vaccine where it needed to be. My understanding is a lot of those were also done concurrently, so it didn't take as much time. That yeah. was one of the measures they used to try and fast track, if you will, or facilitate or expedite getting this, this vaccine to us sooner. The other piece of it is uh, they, they study the safety profile um, and they look and, and when you look at the number of people, there were over 30,000 for one of the vaccines and 43,000, I think, for the other of the two vaccines that we're speaking of, the Moderna and the Pfizer. Mm. So they did test a significant uh, number of people to be able to come to this safety profile um, that they have arrived to now. So I, I, I feel fairly safe and confident okay. um, in having uh, had having had the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and I, I recommend it to my family, to my friend, to anyone who will listen. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you have a question, there are reliable sources. You can ask your physician first, always, right? Your PCP, uh, the CDC website, uh, for those of us who work at HHF, the HHF uh, website, the Wellforce uh, website, all have FAQs that address any questions or concerns you may have about the virus. I mean, excuse me, about the vaccine, sure. of course. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up that you got it, actually, because that was uh, one of my questions. I had known about that before. Um, and as since it has been approved by emergency we're not required to get it correct and so i was i was kind of curious you know why you decided to do it because you you didn't have to and mm -hmm. some people even under the best of intentions don't get the flu shot even though they mean to get it you know so you probably had to you know really seek it out a, a bit and go to a bit of effort to do it so why Yes. Uh, well, um, a couple of, of reasons. One is uh, I'm patient facing, mm -hmm. um, meaning that I you know, care for patients. Yeah. Um, and uh, also because I 
work and live with other people. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I'm not trying to be flip. It's just that, you know, I believe uh, and have done the reading. So it's not uh, a random belief. It's an evidence-based belief that this is an effective tool in trying to fight this pandemic yeah. that's happening all around us. And, you know, the numbers are astounding. Yeah. You know, we, I think um, each individual pocket, once we get out of our crisis point, right, um, whether it's New York or in the Boston area or, you know, we see what's happening in California, when that ebbs a little bit or becomes our new normal, I think we forget mm. about the national and global numbers of people that have been affected by the uh, virus and that are have died because of the virus. Yeah. So um, certainly when there's a tool of, available that is safe, that is effective in uh, preventing the virus and or, you know, preventing the severity of illness that can be borne by the virus, then yes, I'm going to do everything in my power to protect myself in that way. And um, if it will help also the bigger picture um, of arriving at that herd immunity so we all can get to that point, uh, then yeah, I'm going to do my part yeah. as well. So. Would you mind talking about your experiences? Because Absolutely. people yeah. are so, um, they've, you know, we all hear so much and, and actually some of the most common questions are, how do you feel? Yeah. You know, would you talk about your experiences with the first and then the second dose? Absolutely. Uh, so the first dose, um, you know, I was I was pretty good uh, going into the first dose mm. um, because I had, you know, done the research yeah. and, and felt, you know, this is safe and the right thing to do, so I'm mm -hmm. ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I had my vaccine. It went very well. Mm -hmm. uh, it was efficiently run. The organization went where I got it done. And I had um, a little bit of pain uh, at the um, site, at the injection site. I always use my non-dominant arm just in case right yeah uh so use my left side um and uh, it was sore afterwards now uh i had the pleasure of having to have a tetanus booster um oh. <laughs> last year uh and still remember how sore my arm was and so this did not approach that kind of soreness yeah. um no no offense to the tetanus booster people yeah. <laughs> uh but um it, so it was sore it was not as sore as it was with the tetanus booster. Um, I remember my tetanus booster, too. Yeah, if you just don't forget that. No. Uh, and, you know, I, I did not take anything for the soreness. I did not, um, I figured that it was normal. Yeah. Uh, an expected, even, yeah. side effect at the injection site. And uh, by the next day, it was fine. I was able to lift and use my arm without difficulty, and I didn't really have any soreness. I never developed a fever yeah. or um, body aches. Uh, or chills that okay. you, you know you've heard tell yes. of the side effects that can sure. happen so that was my first vaccine I posted about it I was like hey it was all right and this is what happened yeah so my second uh, shot I went in and I was more anxious than I was for the first why uh, is that? Because the science was already sorted, but I had been hearing reports about how, well, oh. the second shot, <laughs> oh, that's when it happens, you know? 
And so I, I was a little anxious, you know, Aww. and, and I, I went in and, and um, I happened to know the person who was giving me this shot, which was nice because yeah. it, it was perfect. Uh, and she said, your eyes said, I'm a little more anxious for this Aww. one than I was for the last. She goes, why? Well, and she goes, no, it'll be fine. And then, you know, I had my didn't have my phone up in time before she was like all done i was like wait selfie <laughs> um so that went it went very smoothly yeah uh, and when i went home uh, my arm was sore uh as i had anticipated and i was like kind of almost waiting right like, am, am i feeling something am i having it? but no again i was very fortunate uh the um i had a little more soreness still did not approach the tetanus booster level of okay. soreness uh, and again, no fever, no body aches, no chills, no fatigue. Nothing. Wow. Uh, nothing. Uh, very, very fortunate. Um, you know, I, I've talked to other, and so I'm, and then I've been fine since then. Okay. How then, long ago was your second dose? Um, probably two weeks now. Oh, okay. I, it's I, a while, yeah. I'm trying to make, uh, I, I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head. That's okay. Um, but yeah, probably around two weeks now. So, um. I've talked to other people yeah. who have had a variety of yes. the side effects that it I mentioned. It seems to affect lots of people in lots of different ways. Yeah, and the second dose um, yeah. has been the where people have reported more of the symptoms. Which, so why is that? Is yeah. the second dose different? Little well, no, it's the okay. same. It's the same medicine. Okay. Uh, the way I've read it described is, you know, the first one's kind of your primer. Yeah. Same medicine. The mm -hmm. second one is your boost. To bring you over the edge mm. right and so it makes sense um, that your body is responding as it normally would kind of fighting back a little bit so you see a little bit of that response in the mounting of a fever or you know the body's reaction with the chills or the aches and the fatigue um, so those are those are the most common side effects that you see and again at the injection site yeah. right? um, the soreness in the arm as I mentioned uh, and the reason it, it does make sense is that your your body's kind of mounting that response, a little response to yeah. this. So it, it makes sense that you would have a more prevalent or more prominent on the second dose showing of those. Um, actually, I was a little worried that I didn't have more. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but, you know. I guess I just worry all all the time, but I'm I'm good. I'm good, um, and it and it and it went fine. So again, very fortunate, and yeah. uh, had minimal, if any, just the arm soreness. Yeah, um, that's manageable. Yeah, and and even the the folks that I've talked to that have had the other um, symptoms, it's been manageable. Some of them planned for it. Yeah, uh, and not, you know, anticipated that it was possible. Sure. Um, so, and, and I did. When I took my first vaccine shot, I was on a, a day off, and, and it was prior to a weekend. Yeah. So I was going to be off, and then this time was also, like, in, heading into a weekend, so I knew I'd have those t next two days, to, if I needed to, yeah. to recover. Yeah. So. When I went for my vaccine, um, the woman who gave it to me was very nice, and she said, you know, oh, drink a lot of water. And I said, oh, don't worry. I said, I'm not going to work out or anything. And she said, oh, no, you can. And I said, no, no, you were supposed to tell me that I can. <laughs> don't you hate when that doesn't work you out? You were supposed to tell me to sit on the couch all day. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So do you think that there is, um, uh, so I, I would never personally do this, but uh, <laughs> because... I had heard about the also the side the side effects that were coming with the second mm -hmm. um, 
and I, I joke that I would never do this, but I was a little anxious as well with my second, sure. thinking like, well, I'm probably good with my first. Like, oh, yeah. you know. So a couple of things. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And a lot of people have brought it up. Yeah, okay, so uh, what do you tell people? Like, they really need to get their second. No, you need to and get why? your second shot. You need to get your second shot. Is there uh, any protection with the first? And how much more effective is it with the second? There is some protection with yeah. the first. However, there are a couple of issues with that. Okay. Um, one of them uh, is it. <laughs> it may shorten the uh, length of immunity that you have, oh. right? Um if you only do one. And then the second one brings you over that edge and brings you up to that 95% efficacy, yeah. right? Um, and the 100%, I think, is for decreasing the severity of the illness. Mm. So it, you don't get there until you've had, in fact, it's, the full immunity comes two weeks after the second shot. Okay. Um, so, you know, the recommendation from our CDC, uh, our CDC, is, is sure. to get both shots. Um, and, you know, part of the other reason is they were, that's how they were studied. Okay. Right? They were studied, two shots, Pfizer 21 days apart, Moderna 28 days apart, and, um, and we know that they work to the level that they work at based on that schedule. Okay. And so the recommendation is to follow that schedule and to get your second shot. Okay. Um, as close as possible to that 21 days for the Pfizer and the 28 days okay. for the Moderna. So please, yes, everybody get your second shot. Okay. Should people do anything preventative going into the second shot? Should they, for example, oh, I know my arm's going to hurt, so I'm going to take ibuprofen beforehand. Sure. Or not so much. The recommendation at this point is not to take uh, Tylenol, ibuprofen, or an agent like that prior to the in injection of okay. the vaccine. There is concern that it may interfere with the immune response oh. uh, setup. Uh, th they say that you may take something afterwards if you need it uh, for the relief, but beforehand they, they recommend that you do not take anything prophylactically or in okay. anticipation of okay. uh, those symptoms. Good to know. Are we going to need an annual COVID vaccine like we get an annual <laughs> flu vaccine? Yeah, a lot of people have been asking that as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at this point, uh, I believe it's really uh, too early um, to see what the um, length of immunity and when that immunity will wane in vaccinated individuals. Um, it appears uh, that, you know, uh, it's too early to tell. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to speculate okay. uh, because that's, <laughs> that's what it. we're trying to avoid, right? Speculation. So I'm yeah, not yeah. going to speculate. Okay. At this time, it's too early, and they're looking at how long the immunity is conferred for how long the immunity is conferred and, and when it starts to uh, wane before they can they can do that. Okay. So this question might also lead you down a speculation path, mm. but I'm curious if people who have had the vaccine and then become infected with COVID. Are they believed to become less ill? In fact, yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, the they've done some the based on that clinical trial data um, that they've looked at. Uh, the expectation is that if you've been in, uh, vaccinated, and you do acquire the COVID nineteen infection, it will be less severe um, than if you hadn't had the vaccination in the first place. And and you know that's not unusual. We hmm. see that with flu. Some people still get flu. They just don't get it to the extent. Uh, that they would if they weren't protected. Okay. Um, so that's another good reason uh, for getting the vaccination. Okay. Um, 
something else that people are concerned about, mm -hmm. obviously, are um, allergic reactions. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm allergic to a couple different medications, so I was initially wary, but I was reassured that that had nothing to do with the vaccine whatsoever. Right, and if you go through some of um, the FAQs on the yeah. CDC or on some of the sites that I mentioned, yes. uh, they actually like almost go through by medication category yeah. almost, you know, because everybody has a different yeah. uh, medicine that they're using or concern. Uh, the, the big picture yeah. um, is that uh, medication allergies in general, mm -hmm. um, immunocompromised states, other illnesses aren't really contradiction contraindications mm. uh, to the vaccine. Um, there is a category of people that um, need to be wary, and those are the individuals who have an allergy to a component in the vaccine or an agent in the prep, which is a component of the vaccine, okay. very specifically. And for that, I recommend that you actually go and look at the listed okay. um, ingredients of the vaccine. Um, I don't want to get the names wrong. Sure. Uh, but, but for that specific group of people who have an allergy to a component of the vaccine, and they typically will list it for you so you know. Okay. Um, and if you do have that um, allergy, then you speak you should speak to your allergist. Okay. Um, always, I guess, start with your PCP, your your primary care provider, and mm -hmm. if you have an allergist, then speak to your allergist about it. Okay. Uh, when we get the vaccine, why do we need to continue wearing masks, social distancing, performing hand hygiene? Sure. And all the rest. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, that one comes up all the time. Right. Uh, and and the truth of the matter uh, is is uh, well, there are a couple of pieces to this. One is the vaccine is one of the tools that we have in our toolkit now to deal with this pandemic, okay. right? To deal with this COVID nineteen pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and the best tools we have are the masking, universal masking, mm -hmm. hand hygiene, right? Social distancing. We know those work. Uh, and so that's that's super important to continue to do because the vaccine, you can still get COVID-19. You'll get less severe of an infection, of course, uh, but you, you may still get it. It's not 100% effective against getting the vaccine. Remember that was at 94.5 or 95%. You can still, there's still a small percentage of people that could get it. The other piece of it is is the transmissibility is not clear yet. Okay. Um, on so if you get the you've been vaccinated but you get COVID nineteen so minimally mm. that you don't know you have it, mm. it's unclear whether or not you can still transmit that to somebody else. So it's another reason to keep right. The masks are for other people, right? Right. The yes. hand hygiene is kind of for us and for them. Yeah. And social distance for everybody. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the kind of very important reasons. And, and the third reason, I think this is three, right, is um, the development of herd immunity. Um, yeah, tell us about that. So it, it, it when used does that happen? It started off as a dirty word, right? Because before the vaccine, it was like, well, we, you know, we're not going to do that. That means that a lot of people get sick. Absolutely. Um, we want to avoid that yeah. uh, because of the severity of illness and the potential for, you know, death, quite honestly, with this, with this yes. uh, infection. So, um, it's estimated uh, that about 60 to 70 percent of the population needs to achieve uh, immunity through either vaccination 
preferably, right, Pre or yeah. illness, um, to achieve that herd immunity where we're all kind of group protected. Okay. Uh, which is the last piece of that, which is, we're not there yet. You mentioned 1.5 percent. Yeah, we have a ways to go. We have a ways to go. Uh, so, yes, um, everybody needs to, to get vaccinated. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So if someone overhears something or reads something on social media that raises a question in their mind, um, you mentioned before a list of, of great places to go for accurate information, and homehealthfoundation.org is one of them, fortunately. I think it's worth repeating if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, the places that people can go for reliable, accurate information. Absolutely. Aside from this awesome podcast. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So um, the CDC, yeah. uh, always, uh, MassDPH, yeah. um, their, their site is, uh, both sites are, um, when you get to the COVID pieces, it's fairly easy to, easier to navigate than, than I imagine other sites are. I don't know, maybe I'm just proud. Um, so uh, the CDC, Mass.gov, um, and MassDPH, uh, Home Health Foundation yeah. website, the Wellforce website, as I mentioned, has an FAQ available as well. Um, a lot of hospitals, your local hospital will likely have an FAQ website, uh, on their website rather, an FAQ site, or frequently asked questions yeah. are using um, short shortcuts here um your pcp is always a good and trusted source um and they have access to all of these resources as well and uh you know these sites have um resources in multiple languages mm -hmm. um in different formats so that it's understandable to hopefully all and anyone uh, who needs access to this information so those are great reliable sources um, that one can kind of reach back to and double check and ask questions. And they respond too if you send in a question. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know that MassDPH, I've emailed them and asked them a question, they've responded. So. Oh, that's great to know. Yep. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I know that you've come from our High Point house, which is our hospice residence, and we do have a COVID pod there for patients. Um, so just want to thank you very much for your time. Is there anything that we didn't discuss that we should have or anything that you want to add? Uh, get your vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and continue to mask, mm -hmm. right? Uh, hand hygiene, social distancing. Uh, we, we, this is what we have to do. And uh, we know that these relatively simple measures, in addition to the vaccine, work. Yeah. Uh, so keep doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming, Bernice. My pleasure. Appreciate your time. And thank you for joining us today.